Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are continuing our look at uh, Godzilla movies with 1974's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, which this, I think I said last week that that's kind of what I imagined Godzilla movies to be in my head. And this one's somehow even more so. Yeah, yeah. This is this is like uh, Carlos has said to us. This is like peak kid movie Godzilla, mm. and and it's 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 a kind of bizarre movie because it's it is it's eighty four minutes, which is nice and easy breezy, but it feels like it's a seventy minute movie that they made into eighty four minutes. <laughs> so. I do. Yeah, I I, I feel like. I'm I'm coming into this episode in like defense mode because <laughs> I mean I I did really think Wait about a are you a spaceman? Yeah. Oh I might, yeah, you might be I a spaceman. Might be a space Check, space be a space titanium. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um the the thing about it is uh, I I thought a lot of, we can't cover all these Godzilla movies right now, right? So this is basically like there's only what forty. <laughs> yeah, we're pushing towards forty. Um, I think yeah. Marty's mentioned this before, like a what is it? A, a tasting? What's the phrase that you said? A tasting tour. A tasting tour of Godzilla, basically. So we've got Godzilla as a series, and it's basically split into eras. And um, this is 1974, so now we're getting towards the end of the Showa era, the first run of Godzilla films. This is the 14th Godzilla film, and um, the last film that we talked about was King Kong vs. Godzilla, which was like 10 years before this. So after uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla, uh, we talked about how it's really turning a corner and becoming more of a family thing, and um, that's definitely the case, and it was like an exponential (laughs) uh, course correction, or, you know, course change, I guess. And um, this is honestly, uh, when it comes to these kind of wacky, kind of more uh, children, they're they're straight up made for children now. Um, I feel like this is kind of one of the more honest takes. Like right before this is Godzilla versus Megalon, which is infamous in how goofy and how bad and how <laughs> kiddie the, the film is. And um, I think that this film, I mean, it definitely is still existing in this realm. But um, as far as kind of the ideas in place and the, as far as like kind of what what it brings, I, I still really like it. I mean, I, I like all of these movies, but um, <laughs> I, I um, yeah, like I said, I'm just I know that I really like it, but I also can take a step back and say like, oh, this is really goofy. But this is kind of more in line with what you would see on TV at the time. And this is kind of like, yeah. uh, you know, like a common writer kind of Ultraman. And, you know, these um um, actually, last last episode we also mentioned how um, uh, Ishiro Honda is kind of commenting on like television, and um, television became a huge enemy of what these films uh, were. So Toho, um, as the years are going on, and especially right now, um, as a movie company, is really kind of falling apart. And this is actually not even re- released or produced by Toho. You'll see the uh, company called Toho Azo, 
and it's kind of like a little subsidiary to kind of help mitigate costs and mitigate um there's like a whole other backstory about like unions and stuff that uh, have to do with this but they're losing a lot of money here and um this also isn't directed by ishiro honda this is directed by jun fukuda who i can go into a little bit but um is kind of like a, there's like a a separate creative team that once ishiro honda and eiji subaraya kind of uh stopped doing these films um these people stepped up so there's a different whole look to these movies there's a different sound and there's a different um way that these these plots play out and it's 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 more of a children's thing and it's more kind of like a goofy kind of complicated feeling thing and um i don't know i feel like i'm rambling but <laughs> they're, they're fun but you need to kind of go into it in a yeah. similar way like I, what i was saying i guess towards the end of the last episode where we're talking about oh it's kind of turning into wrestling and it kind of looks like you're you're losing kind of like the the iconic fear i guess or you know kind of like more heavy feeling from the original godzilla and this is like you're literally seeing them gesture and kind of make goofy faces and um you know all of this stuff where you have like kind of an a supreme villain that's just kind of like I mean, here we have literally like robot, just a straight up robot. And, it, yeah. you know, it's a cold and it's like, you know, just doing the, the the evil stuff. And Godzilla now isn't necessarily like this kind of force of nature. He's literally like a, a kid's like hero character. Yeah, he's he is. He's kind of like an Ultraman or yeah. like a common writer. He's he's just a hero that it, it's interesting too watching this because. We start with Godzilla, which is 54, and then we did King Kong versus Godzilla, which is 62. An eight-year gap, and there was that was the third Godzilla movie. Yeah. This is from 62 to 74, a 12-year gap, and there is, I think, eight Godzillas or yeah. nine between right. King Kong versus wow. Godzilla and this yeah. one. And yeah, it's just it's crazy to see just how like it's just it is just basically becomes like you know, wrestling matches or something mm-hmm. like that, where it's, hey, King Kong or uh, <laughs> I wish uh, Godzilla is going to fight some other weird monster, either that you've seen before or that we're creating just for this movie. And then they all kind of uh, and the, the fact that like there have already been compilation, not compilation, but like, um, I don't know, like all-star movies, I guess, where like right. multiple of the different monsters all come back <laughs> right, and stuff. Right. There's been more than one of those yeah. since then. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's fascinating to see, to see how the, you know, how it's kind of evolves over time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when it comes to Toho, this is like kind of also an ups and downs thing. Like some of those movies, like Destroy All Monsters was going to be like the last movie of this era, but it was successful. So they decided to continue. and um. Yeah, some movies are better than others, and some movies are really goofy. Some movies take really wild turns that, I I mean, later on I would love for us to revisit this and talk about some of the really weird stuff, because if you think this movie's weird, (laughs) you you haven't really seen anything yet. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Marty, you've been pretty quiet, so I don't want to force you to oh, no, divulge no, no, your feelings on the I'm, film but um, no I'm, I'm writing i think along all the same wavelengths it's yeah. yeah there's something about this film where it feels like 
uh, its natural habitat is your television, and it's mm. it's hard to picture watching this in the in the theater. Honestly, um, there's and I imagine like this many movies deep. Uh, maybe it's just kind of like a law of the universe. Like as you serialize that many movies, they kind of veer towards whatever we call television, and it's more of this kind of. I don't know. So much of the production feels, you know, a lot more disposable and the tempo is more kind of zippy. Like you could, you could like picture where the commercial break might, might drop in. And there's this cool, like monster of the week, uh, quality, but also, um, I don't know. I, I was, I was kind of enjoying the, the kind of zippy cheaper MST three K ish kind of, quality i think that yeah that we've got here also it's, it's hard for me to not watch oh, totally. these old because the, the, the main way that i've seen some of these old kaiju movies is via mst3k totally, so it's totally. it is hard to not watch that without uh, having that in my head yeah yeah but i mean sure. it's like that definitely adds to kind of the uh i don't know maybe kind of the cult reputation of the of this era of godzilla i imagine also we haven't called it out yet but um i mean you've got just the amazing ted thomas you know, uh, yeah. English dubbing crew, um, just in peak condition. Uh, I would, yeah, for me, like that would be the recommended, uh, way to watch, watch the movie. Um, mm. definitely just like, yeah, increase, increases the fun quotient, but yeah, I thought there's like the, there's, um, it, it's interesting. And maybe some of this just has to do with the fact that it's like, Godzilla just can't really be a protagonist. Like even if he is like winking and <laughs> waving and high-fiving and his hat is backwards or whatever. But like, um, like because it's this kind of like, I don't know, uh, he's like this force of nature. Every film like is really mandated to build some kind of like human, human story around it. And um it's pretty it's pretty zippy here. Um yeah, I've said that word more now in the last like five minutes than I have my um, <laughs> No, I mean that's that's good way to describe it. it but is, it's like I like that this kind crazy. of like a globe trotty thing and um once again there's like oh there's just enough of maybe like a thread of a date movie of like, oh, there's this cute couple like, you know, out to sea and dodging, you know, gun gunfire and stuff. Um but yeah, it's really, it's it's just hard not to take in like how how far we've drifted from mm. kind of like our truly like cinematic roots, where it's like, especially that first film, it just like it stands on its own as just you know it's just this movie, um, mm. kind of in our like shared human canon, and here you're in like a very specific, um, very schlocky kind of enterprise and. I'm not saying that makes it any less fun. Like maybe it's even more fun. I don't know, but um, like, yeah, mileage will, will vary, but yeah, it's just interesting to see how that evolves. And I think a cool reminder, um, I think for, for like us here in 2023, cause I, you know, there are a lot of opinions around um, uh, franchise filmmaking as we call it now. And, just kind of the incessant recycling of IP. And I have kind of like a sweet reaction being reminded that it's like, oh, that's, you know, mm -hmm. even that is not a new phenomenon. Um, yeah. 
and like you see some of the same dynamics actually take place. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, but, uh, Oh, also, uh, I thought <laughs> whether it was totally like tastefully spotted, but, um, Masaru Sato's score is just like super delight and it's mm. cool. Um, we're intersecting with him again. Cause, uh, he also did the score for, I think sort of doom, and oh, was your, he com- your Jimbo? Yeah, so I he, I, yeah, he definitely did Yojimbo, and I was excited to bring that up. I, I wasn't sure what else he'd done, but yeah, it, it's cool. And um, this is also a, an instance where, if you're used to what you would hear in like Ifukube score, this is totally different. But yeah, I think it, I think it's really fun. Yeah, totally, super fun. All right, well, hey, I guess we we don't they don't they don't all have to have 30 minutes oh uh-huh. i mean i got <laughs> oh, no do we have oh, no. we haven't talked about mecha godzilla yet guys so i really <laughs> let me talk about robots for just a couple minutes please all right all right I'll set, I'll set <laughs> the zilla <laughs> that needs an introduction yeah yeah, yeah. um well i mean yeah it, as a kid i mean i love mega man i love robots i love transformers um and uh this is kind of uh, Tomoyuki Tanaka, the producer of Godzilla, and kind of like the the brains behind, you know, what's a lot of the things that have made Godzilla success in different uh, years, different decades. And um, he suggested that they make a robot Godzilla, basically. And um, so this is like Godzilla's 20th anniversary and um this is also uh right around the what time better way when... to pay respect yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is this is also like um peak also like mazinger z like uh you know mecha anime like mazinger yeah. z is like the first like super robot and would really kind of um that was like 1972 1973 that would really influence a lot of like media coming out of japan around this time too yeah, um, Teruyoshi Nakano is the uh, FX director here, and um, uh, actually, uh, Eiji Tsuburaya passed away, I believe, in uh, early 70s. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, Teruyoshi Nakano was working under him for a long time, and he took the reins after he passed away. And um, uh, he and uh, a man named Akihiko Iguchi uh, basically uh, put together the design for tanaka so um there's a funny story and actually there's a couple like fun like interviews with these guys um and uh akihiko iguchi basically said that tomiyuki tanaka trapped him in an office for like four days and forced him to (laughs) make mecha godzilla and it was based (laughs) on like basically taking the soft roundness of godzilla and flattening out those and making him into kind of a cold robot and um there's a story that's like that a, that's that's almost a little too close for comfort of like an art imitating like, like that's basically the <laughs> yeah. plot of this movie. Yeah. Um <laughs> right. Is like and, um, you kidnap the yeah. Yeah, they 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 say that one of the ideas was that they had a tin toy of Godzilla and they're basically flattening it out to kind of try and make it look more like a robot and they got to the point where they had this design but then they realized oh a person has to be in this suit so then they had to modify it again <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's it's pretty fun um i really i really love becca godzilla's design I actually i think it's like, great it's yeah, like it's, cool. it's 
you see it and you you like I need a toy of this, right? It is it is such a toy. It is it is such a toy look to it, which I honestly I feel like that might be the first time I ever saw Mechagodzilla might have actually been someone had a toy of yeah, it. Yep. And there over the different eras there's been different designs for Mechagodzilla. But I think this is the one that really has stolen my heart. I love the original Showa era Mechagodzilla. Um so um we talked about in the last episode how um, Toho like licensed King Kong, so they would go on to produce a film called um, King Kong Escapes, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the episode, but I've definitely mentioned it to you guys in our discussions. But um, originally, um, King Kong Escapes was like a, a, a script called Operation Robinson Crusoe: King Kong versus Ebira. <laughs> And um, <laughs> when they brought that, so right. okay. The other thing that I have to say is that the um, that Guys, film we got the Robinson Crusoe. Right? <laughs> yeah, I fought so hard. We didn't. We thought it was in the public domain. It's not, but yeah. we got it. Yeah. So um, Toei was producing a cartoon for Rankin Bass called the King Kong Show. And um, yeah, Toho was developing a film kind of to tie into that. So when they brought them that Robinson Crusoe, King Kong versus Ebira script, Rankin Bass was like, this isn't like the show at all. Like, what is this? So they had to (laughs) scrap it. So then uh, they made a new script that really stuck closer to the show. And on that cartoon, there was a robot version of Kong called Mechanicong. And then um, that. That's such a good name. Yeah, and that was what developed into King Kong Escapes. But um, the other thing that I should say is that Operation Robinson Crusoe became Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, which is Jun Fukuda's first Godzilla film. Um, So in that film, it's funny because it basically is like they just took that King Kong script and then just basically put Godzilla in place of King Kong. So Godzilla does things in that movie that are like, not like more like a king kong like he's sleeping in a cave and he like he's leering at a woman and stuff it's like stuff like they were like wait godzilla doesn't act like that but there's like whatever just just do it just make the movie <laughs> <laughs> so um mechanic kong that design was really kind of uh what kind of sparked the idea that would eventually become uh mecha godzilla so it's kind of cool seeing how these kind of random like thoughts and random ideas and discarded ideas evolve into something that we see on the the full screen we've talked about that a little bit too like all of these ideas that were never made with godzilla and we're we're gonna be talking about that a little more later on but um this is also just kind of a cool thing to think about with toho where it's like this idea wall like jackie chan's idea wall you know he has like all this stuff on his wall and they're like oh this will work or this will work and that's how they really operated for a long time but yeah so and and i I mentioned jim fukuda a bit and jim fukuda came up through toho and um 
so he was an assistant director under Hiroshi Nagaki and Ishiro Honda. Actually, he was assistant director on Rodan and on the Musashi oh. Miyamoto trilogy, the samurai trilogy that I really love that Hiroshi Nagaki made. And um, the, the, the Toho assistant director system was kind of like a like a feeder system almost like if you started off as an assistant director you knew that eventually you would get to the point where you'd become a director and um there's some really great like um uh resources out there about Junfukuda now um uh there's a writer named Stuart Gabraith that um he interviewed Junfukuda and it's actually pretty infamous story now but when he interviewed him um, it's basically like he got into an argument with Jun Fukuda. Jun Fukuda's like, no, my movie sucked. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And, and Stuart's like, but I, I think your movies are great. And I think a lot of people think they're great. And it's like crazy to think about a dynamic like that in an interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, just within the last couple years, there's been a series of like, uh, YouTube videos. It's kind of like almost like a, a YouTube kind of convention kind of thing called Kaiju Masterclass. And there's a really good um, feature on Jun Fukuda that features uh, Stuart Gabraith and um, Steve Rifle, one of the writers from the Shiro Honda book that I've been mentioning. And um, uh, we'll link to that on the blog post, but I definitely feel like if you want a kind of a cool insight into a director like this, who is kind of, I mean, I feel like, People always put Ishiro Honda up really high, and then Jun Fukuda is like almost like representing like the B tier of Godzilla, and like, but I feel like there's some appreciation that should be had too for stuff like this because yeah, still yeah. these were still like these huge movies that kind of crossed across the ocean, and like you know, as a kid, I mean, I mean, we're we're a lot younger than from, like from these movies were coming out, but even as a kid. I remember like seeing a Godzilla film and I think probably some of the first Godzilla movies that I watch would be like Godzilla versus Megalon or Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla stuff like that where it's like this more goofy kid friendly stuff. Right, um, right. And I I I've been thinking about it a bit and I I mean comparing him to another director that we've talked about just a little bit but I think Kinji Fukusaku like um you know mm-hmm. the kind of exploitation stuff like Sonny Chiba stuff. I think this is like almost like the kid version of what those movies are. Because <laughs> sure. yeah, we we mentioned during those episodes how a lot of the Tokusatsu stuff, like you know your your Super Sentai's and your Common Riders, had a lot of overlap with this like really grim, you know, super yeah. violent exploitation stuff. Yeah, so, and you're getting it, like it sense. this like crazy kid stuff going on, but you do have moments, especially in this movie. I think it's probably the most violent godzilla movie (laughs) and um you you also get these kind of mysterious characters this kind of crime suspense thing going on in moments yeah yeah. and i think sometimes you could almost take those scenes and splice them into something like the street fighter and they would line up perfectly so it's oh man if people if people turn into apes whenever they got punched (laughs) in the street fighter yeah (laughs) right x-ray and then they're an ape (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i mean yeah not to drag this out too long before we start talking about the movie but i just think that you know it it's definitely like for kids stuff and it's definitely of like a lower budget compared to um what we've been talking about in the last couple episodes but i think they're still really fun and like 
it's okay if you don't like them too but i i think if you were a kid like seeing this stuff this was you were like eating good <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i can't imagine seeing this as a kid and be like oh man that's so cool oh there's 20 of these <laughs> yeah yeah or like every year there's an, another godzilla Just, movie. oh another one's coming out oh another one's coming out yeah there's a lot of stories about how quickly these are put together too like um, I don't know if it was Megalon or if it was this film, but it was literally like filmed in like three or four or five months, something like that. Whew. Wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff. We're getting to that like Hong Kong pace. Now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably talk about this movie now a little bit. Um, but first, <laughs> let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Those have been really funded too. So. Oh yeah, and I have that yeah. the actual VHS to pull from. Oh yeah, that's right. This one's the actual back of the VHS. Which I is, love it. It's like two paragraphs, but I mean, we... yeah, it's worth it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got it. It's I'll, worth it. I'll, I'll send it to you. According to legend, when the people of Okinawa are in danger, a monster will appear to save them. The legend is put to the test as a monstrous cyborg threatens to destroy the Earth. Controlled by evil space invaders, Mechagodzilla rises from the sea and begins a ferocious rampage of death and destruction. And even Godzilla is outmatched by his mechanical double. But as the battle rages, a team of archaeologists is racing against time to unlock an ancient secret. And at a magical shrine, their work proves successful. Out of a seaside rock emerges the immense and powerful King Caesar! S-E-E-S-E-R. The monster quickly joins Godzilla in a battle of gigantic proportions. But can King Caesar and Godzilla prevent the destruction of the Earth? Can mere flesh and blood overcome 50 tons of mechanized and menacing space titanium? Will the ancient legend prove true? The answers lie in the stunning, earth-shattering conclusion of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. So... This movie is it's bizarre because like the way that it's like paced and stuff is kind of strange because like the very first thing we see this like dusty, you know, cliffside kind of thing. Um, and we see um, how was it? Ang- Angrius? Angiras. Ang- yeah. Angiras. Yeah. yeah. Angiras. Uh, Angiras, who is in the second Godzilla movie that we didn't watch. Right. Um, kind of. <laughs> crying out um and we and like a a hillside like starts to explode and then we see godzilla <laughs> yeah it's great um it, the uh yeah. the the roar angiras roar he's got his own kind of cute like iconic roar too um just like all of the different kaiju would have but the one thing that i wanted to mention to you guys that i haven't yet i don't think is that in the king of dragons the capcom fantasy like beat em up um that's got a com- uh, soundtrack by yoko shimamura it's honestly one of my favorites and the the dragons in that game all have angiras roar in the game oh <laughs> wow, cool <laughs> oh cool yeah that's pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> that's fun yep um i'm sure i'll put that in um yeah and the and it has a really long title sequence or like opening credits yeah where where it just like it, and it, it's kind of neat but i was kind of thinking man 
it's weird that they're doing like this really long. It's you know, everyone. It's like the, the runner, the director's mistress. It's like the whole. <laughs> they just yeah, like everyone listed all out, man. Um, everyone's yeah. listed all out. Um, and <laughs> it's it's just strange. There's a lot of strange choices in this movie. So yeah, it's it, it's fun. And again, this this score here is like, oh yeah, yeah. But it really, it, 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 it kind of lives, I don't know, it, it's great on its own terms, mm. <laughs> like, but it's the total package of this title sequence and how it followed the cold open and the kind of music that we have. It's like, it's sort of all nonsensical. Yeah. And, but I think it's, it's a great way for like, um, to kind of put a modern viewer, I think in the right, the right kind of the right mood for <laughs> what they're in for. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing that that I can say about it is that we see following this, um, Okinawa is kind of a focal point of this film, and that's kind of like kind of almost got like a tropical like resort feeling to it. So I think that the the cue and like the images they're showing you call to that, and they kind of like without yeah, you knowing point. it, they they lead you into the the, the opening scene of the movie. Yeah, and that opening scene is like is this woman doing a like this like kind of like ritual kind of dance thing with this big uh what is it like a it's like a big crown or like a fan I can't remember exactly what it is. Yeah, she she's has, doing but... like uh, you know like some type of traditional ceremony. Yeah. What you find out is she's of the Azumi, which is like kind of a uh, like a older tribe of Okinawa. And um, but that's interrupted. She has like this terrible vision. Actually, even that's kind of funny if you're looking at it because they're showing you these superimposed images, and one of the images, and actually the sound they use, is of King Ghidorah. Who? Yeah, he, I thought it was. He I isn't I even the in three, the movie. <laughs> the three-headed thing, and yeah, he's not in this movie. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, but, um, yeah, but it's like kind of this prophecy that there's going to be this horrible this horrible, you know, things coming to, to destroy earth. That's one of the things that I kind of like about this movie is that it has this kind of, um, I don't know, like ancient mystery to it. Like the whole yeah, idea yeah. with, with Okinawa and the whole idea of like a, a, a prophecy being fulfilled and King Caesar, who is like only shows up in this film. He's like made for this film. And um, I mean, later on, much later on, he would be used again. But um, I think that it's kind of a cool, I don't know. I mean, I, li- I really love like, you know, like Indiana Jones and like La Mulana and stuff. So it kind of yeah, for sparks sure. the same kind of. Well, and it, I think uh, a lot of some of the most familiar elements of the movie um, are a lot more novel here than we might realize. I mean, the fact, yeah, that you have this kind of globe trekking archaeologist action hero you know almost yeah. a decade before indiana jones like that's pretty exciting and um yeah much more of almost kind of like a this could sound weird but more of like a hitchcockian or agatha christian kind of like uh adventure of um this set of kind of cosmopolitan travelers who come up on each other's path or whatever yeah. it's yeah that's a lot yeah, of like very intelligent cool. like researchers and archaeologists and you know and and also there's kind of this like hitchcock is a, it's 
it's more accurate than you would think because there is like this this mystery man that keeps appearing yeah, totally. and you're not sure like what his angle is and like people aren't on the side that you expect them to be on and stuff so and and then all has very silly payoff but right. but yeah there's like there is like an air of mystery to it yep and our, our leads that we see um, after this vision passes mm-hmm. is uh, Keisuke and Masahiko Shimizu. These are two brothers. And uh, one of the brothers, he's basically like um, exploring like a cave and uh, encounters a little piece of metal that we find out about later. But um, uh, <laughs> Masaki Daimon plays Keisuke, the older brother. And uh, he goes back to his work site. And it's a construction site. And you f- find that they've stumbled upon like in an ancient like cave with like mm-hmm. um, kind of ancient like artifacts and stuff. So that's kind of like what kind of incites like the mystery of the film. Um, uh, shortly after that, we're introduced to uh, Psycho, who is um, <laughs> it's funny he thinks she's like a reporter or something and then she says no i'm like an investigative archaeologist and his reaction is like what <laughs> it's like a woman can't be that or something yeah. you know it's like a woman archaeologist what yeah that's really, really funny <laughs> yeah and she's then, she's great though she has she's an awesome look and some amazing outfits all throughout it it, it reminded yeah, me of totally. um it may remind me of uh, Etsuko Shiomi, but that's a lot just, it's the same era, that mm-hmm. mid-70s kind of no, thing. No, but yeah, that, um, totally that vibe. And yeah, just really self-assured. Um, also, this is a good taste of, yeah, the tempo and the editing, um, really snappy. We go right from like, oh, you're an archaeologist to, you know, like we cover huge chunks of time, like kind of in in service of really kind of speeding the the plot along and i think it's yeah pretty effective yeah she's doing her own research and there's like a creepy dude that's kind of like spying on her but it's not just that you see there's like another creepy dude that's also spying. that's the director spying on, but spying he's spying the <laughs> yeah nice um yeah what is the prophecy something like when a black mountain oh i have it when a black mountain appears above the clouds a monster will destroy the world and uh, it's cool to see how all of that eventually plays off because mm-hmm. um, uh, Keisuke and Saiko end up being on the same plane together and they're going back to Tokyo from Okinawa. And um, as they're uh, kind of catching up, um, then the, the the first prophecy basically becomes fulfilled. Um, you see that above the clouds, there's a black cloud that basically looks like a mountain. Also, that mysterious guy shows up too, and it's just kind of yeah. like haggling or hassling. Great, them a great bit. voice in the dub too. Just oh yeah, mm, yeah, really good. What is it? The clouds look just like a black mountain. Yes, when a black mountain appears above the clouds, a huge monster will come forth and try to destroy the world. It's from the prophecy on the mural. Mural? The prophecy continues something like this. But when the red moon sets and the sun rises west, two monsters will appear to save the people. But part of the prophecy, too, is that there will be two monsters that uh, arrive to to save the people, which that it's it's just 
funny where it's like, hey, I'll, he Godzilla's coming. Don't you worry, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. And we're um, treated to a little bit of comedy after that, too. Um, they're basically sharing a cab after their flight, but they end up at the same spot. And um, Keisuke goes up to the house and she's like, oh, you're not invited. And he's like, oh, really? And um, the man that greets him knows him already. So they they unknowingly were already going to the same spot. And once Keisuke mm-hmm. figured out, he had a little fun with her. But the um, uh, the professor here, uh, Professor Wagura, he's played by Hiroshi Koizumi, who is the lead in Godzilla Raids again. So we get a little um, section of the movie here where we start to see cameos from uh, other actors. And uh, we mentioned it in... Um, King Kong versus Godzilla, but uh, here again we're gonna see another yeah. professor, and it's played by Akihiko Hirata. Yeah, uh, which I love that he's a through. He's been a through line of our of our yeah, arc so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's wonderful. Uh, but obviously, besides Godzilla, but he's he's been in all of our movies, and and I like how he's he's a he's a professor in this, just like he's a professor in the first one, but in that one he's you know he's the young man that's like troubled. And this one, he's very much the, oh, yes, this is this is a, a space Godzilla. You could call him a mecha Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Which um, also, it's a little later. I love that he comes up with the name mecha Godzilla, and then the spacemen also already call it mecha Godzilla. It's yeah, beautiful. It's yeah, it's beautiful. You, you, I mean, if you ever watch the next film, Terror of Mecha Godzilla, He's straight up like Dr. Wily in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun. Love it. Yep. Um, is this where he, he introduces the idea of space titanium? <laughs> right, because, um, yeah, the the other brother, um, he brings him that sample. This material can only be space titanium. Space titanium? You mean it's from outer space? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean in english it doesn't work as well but in japanese he's saying space. No, I, I disagree in english <laughs> yeah. it works like poetry yeah guys he's space. saying space like in english yeah so right in but japanese. it's still it's yeah. it's great space <laughs> titanium uh, space titanium and also i uh i don't mention too much in this podcast but i i also do help edit and voice a, a podcast that's a, a star trek like fan fiction comedy show and i feel like space titanium is something we would come up with <laughs> and, and then probably say nah we can do better than space titanium <laughs> dude that's great <laughs> um well they i mean but this crew walked so y'all could run you that's know. right that's true that's true that's actually no. That's um. Shout out to my friend Spivzy. He uh. He's a big fan of 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 Godzilla movies. He was excited that we did uh. Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. That's one of his favorites. Hell so. yeah, man. Um, we do get a bit of uh like a fight sequence uh, shortly after that. That mysterious man that keeps snooping around. He wants that Shisa statue, the statue that came from the ruins that they found, and um. He basically invades their space, and we got a fight scene, and um, it's it's not something you'd expect to see like in a Godzilla movie like this. And this is like yeah. one of the things that I was saying: where if you plop this into something like the Street Fighter, it wouldn't look that yeah. far off. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like handheld camera work 
here. Right. Yeah, it's very shaky cam. Yeah. And there's a lot of see. yeah kinetic energy to how this is all shot. Um, there are a yeah, couple. It's, it's of really scenes. great for the story, but yeah, it's um, yeah, you could kind of imagine how the what these sequences might be like if um, you know, if we had Sony Chiba and crew. Yeah, supporting right. the action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really bleed into the kaiju action there is a couple of shots that look like they were like handheld that actually i think kind of work but um um yeah it's it's mainly for the, like the the people the people stuff <laughs> um everyone's favorite part of a godzilla movie <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that in here and that's that's one of the other things that i think detractors will kind of land on and i mentioned it before I, but i'm just messing when i say that yeah <laughs> but this one is like yeah there's a bunch of like there's like a whole like other side thing that's outside of just what's happening in the mm. the kaiju. Yeah, because the because the guy that's that they're fighting in this is he's this this man with a mustache we've seen mm-hmm. earlier in the movie, and he's trying to get this statue that uh, the archaeologist girl got um, for some purpose. We'll find out later. Uh, but he's uh, I, I wrote in my notes that he looked kind of like a Japanese Pedro Pascal a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, sure. Um, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> just like with the just the mustache and like the way his hair is and stuff. But uh, yeah. And then we also get to, he he runs away and we get to see our, our sketchy guy um, looking real cool, smoking a cigarette. And then it hard cuts to Mount Fuji exploding. Yeah, man. <laughs> so we get like a i don't know like a meteor or something with some strange noise and then uh yeah shortly after that we see godzilla and um yeah we should mention how godzilla looks in this movie um by now he's got like kind of cutie eyes yeah one (laughs) um yeah i don't know how this lands with most of the fans but for me i i i love this version of godzilla he's like so cute. He 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 looks like something like from a Mega Man game or something. He's got huge eyes. It's very he, anime. Yeah. yeah. He's got like kind of like almost like a like a dog like snout kind of deal going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And um uh this isn't Haruo Nakajima. This is uh uh this Godzilla is played by Isao Zushi. And um the other thing I wanted to really mention real quick is that before this film was Godzilla versus Megalon and um in King Kong versus Godzilla that suit was very different too. And they each have their own names. So um I think King Goji is the Godzilla suit in um uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, and this suit that we see in these films is called Megaro Goji because it debuted in uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. Um, but uh, he also has like these really almost like they almost look like pillows. His fins on his back. <laughs> yeah, they're very floppy. <laughs> yep. So it's like a super cute, appealing to the crowd that they're trying to appeal to. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but the thing that you buy, notice, a, buy a plushie in your local store, kids. Yeah. Um, in, in this scene is that he doesn't really sound the same. He's got this kind of. Yeah, I whenever I heard it, because I've, I've never seen this movie before, whenever I heard him, I was like, that's a really weird choice for how Godzilla roars and moves. Don't worry, you'll only hear it 390 <laughs> times. Oh my god, this sounds bad. It's a very bad sound. It is bad. I, it's I watched it. I watched it. Um, I asked Callie if she wanted to watch it with me, and she said, no thanks. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Yep. Um, but I watched it in the room with her while she was probably playing Zelda or something. 
And the whole time I was thinking, she's going to tell me to like yeah. <laughs> mute this or something. <laughs> right. It's like the inverse of like watching a movie with like a sex scene or something. <laughs> it's like this is like the kids version of that where it's like yeah. everyone around me is going to think I'm weird that I'm watching yeah, this. Parent, the parent <laughs> right, walks right. in right when Mechagodzilla is walking in. Like, what are you watching? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it, it wasn't making the sound a second ago, I promise. Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, the encounter here, though, is uh, Godzilla and Angira shows up. And um, the thing that's kind of funny, too, is that um, by now we've got our basically our heroes and our villains. Godzilla is definitely a hero. And Angiras also is kind of a hero. Angiras is kind of like the the jobber that comes out at the beginning of the movie and gets beat up. <laughs> but you don't expect that to be Godzilla beating him up. And uh, this is what you get in this scene. Yeah. Um, not only I do love you... that uh, the one guy says, Something's wrong. Anguirus shouldn't attack his friend, Godzilla. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they like know all the kids are going to be like, What is happening? Like, I can't believe they're doing this in this movie. And, um, yeah, he stomps the crap out of Angiras. Yeah, I was about to say, he, he, <laughs> Angiras gets messed up. Yeah, yep. And this is kind of one of the more violent moments, too, where um, Godzilla literally, like, I don't know, breaks his jaw, and Godzilla's hands are covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, it's it's kind of weirdly violent, given how kitty and, and yeah. child safe the rest of this is. Yeah, and Eiji Tsuburaya was definitely... Uh, of the mind that he was making stuff to appeal to kids too. But now that he's passed away, Terry Oshinakano kind of, um, is kind of like leaving his mark by doing this also. Um, I, I think, I think it's cool. I think it's kind of shocking. And the, the other thing that's important about this sequence is that Angiras attacks Godzilla. And then you see part of his skin chip away and you see yeah. like the kind of metal skin underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I, I love how he acts, though. Like Godzilla, like I think in the beginning of this sequence, he literally like walks up to a building and then just like just <laughs> double forearm smashes it to bits. Yeah, he I wrote a note of that. that he just he just immediately wakes up, walks over to the one lone building that's nearby, smashes it and then goes on to beat up his armadillo friend. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. So then it's kind of like. As a viewer, and if you're riding the wave of these films and you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Godzilla did that. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. This is fun. Um, yeah. And then there, uh, following that, um, Keisuke finds another piece of this space titanium and he brings it to uh, Professor Miyajima and um, he he recognizes it. And then there's like a funny weird moment that we discussed over discord where um his pipe falls down and he grabs it and then uh the depending on the release that you're watching <laughs> you might be extra confused because there's the criterion release ha- which has updated subtitles and um all of that but the, it is the amazing origi- <laughs> that that the criterion <laughs> banner like the, <laughs> can stick to this movie like without falling off. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. The the DVD release, I think it's from like early two thousands. They just give up. They can't even figure out what this person has said. So you, it yeah. says yes, it's a question marks question marks yeah. question marks. This, the bowl's metal includes a question mark question mark question mark because the the subtitles are their dub titles. So 
the it's just based on what the dub actors said and you it's really hard to know what he's saying here that's a strange pipe mm. yes i made it by myself the bowl's metal includes astrenochron that's that's awesome um I'll, I'll play a clip. Send an email of what you think he's saying in this sentence. I think I got a pretty Here's close. Here is podcast yeah. at gmail.com. What did I say in the in our chat? Oh, a- like, Astrenochron. Astrenochron? Yeah. yeah. Sure. And then the, the criterion, it says Astanapkaron. It's it's no big deal. Honestly, it's all made up anyway, so it doesn't matter. It is. It's just it's <laughs> but just it's, funny that there's funny. The, the made up metal he said is just it's strange. But but what it leads to is saying that like he can use it to like interview with radio waves or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yep. Put the put the gun on the mantle. <laughs> so And then we get um, this following scene, which I mean, for me, this is like kind of like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Cause just like oh, awesome. it's bonkers. You get uh this kind of Typical Godzilla scene where you see Godzilla kind of at the coast and there's like an oil refinery and things are blowing up. But I'd imagine that it's just constant hazard to be in that Godzilla suit in the middle of this. So many explosions. Yeah. And the scale of these explosions are are huge. There are some Mm -hmm. funny moments, too, when the flashing from the explosions is casting shadows on the oh, sky. Oh, yeah, you can see the shadow on the sky. Yeah, yeah. behind it. But um, I think the really cool thing, um, besides just this setting, is that you are you see the revelation that this Godzilla isn't the only Godzilla. Another Godzilla shows up. And um, yeah. they don't really... But this one has our classic yeah. uh, roar. And so, you'll notice yeah. another thing, too, is that the this first Godzilla, his beams are yellow, and they don't sound like what godzilla's beams sound like and um the the second godzilla shows up and there's this awesome shot of maybe like only a couple of seconds from behind his back showing the other godzilla and the other godzilla is doing these kind of very kind of weird movements but i i love it it's it's really great Mm -hmm. and um what you find out is that this godzilla is a fake it's actually Mecha Godzilla. So once yeah. you see the two Godzillas pop out, now we're introduced to our villains, who we get this delicious seventies sci-fi set, and everybody's wearing silver because, of course, they're aliens, so they're gonna be yeah, wearing spacemen. That's what spacemen spaceman were. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and uh, the the plan is revealed, and uh, so these guys. And then basically... they get uh, then they get Benny Goodman and his orchestra to start <laughs> playing oh, the score for this scene. Damn Godzilla. You're mistaken if you think your powers are a match for Mechagodzilla. Man, the spotting. The the thing that I was joking about with with Joanna was, uh, it sounded like the Chips Ahoy commercial music from the nineties. <laughs> <90s. laughs>
I didn't realize until I actually started editing it and heard the clip that the Chips Ahoy song is Sing 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 by Benny Goodman. So me and Carlos were thinking of the same song, just in different directions. Um, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> what's known as the Showa era, like Mecha Godzilla theme. And uh, it's it's pretty funny to think about that such a metallic and uh, evil character has such a fun and, and light bouncy 70s theme yeah with that with that like big band kind of 40s yeah, sound totally. to it yeah it's yeah but the effects are really cool here to me like they are yeah um yeah seeing godzilla uh, blast mecha godzilla and then the revelation it does like this kind of superimposed like flame over him yeah that just the reveal of mecha godzilla is so mm. cool it's yeah, one of it's my amazing. favorite moments in the movie um and they have a short interaction but um a really cool thing happens too that um they both shoot beams at each other and the beams like lock yeah, I get a little, little beam versus beam yeah and then it creates a reaction and they're just blasted away from each other and actually yeah is this the scene where godzilla like there's like a geyser of blood coming out of the water basically <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're like what the heck it's so awesome i love it um hmm. um the other thing i wanted to say about mecha godzilla also is that his beam is like this rainbow color beam and uh teru yoshi nakano uh, in the commentary track said that the production team was so angry at them because they wanted a rainbow colored beam because it took <laughs> so long to to do that effect <laughs> oh <laughs> funny. wow i bet yeah they were like you you came up with this crazy idea why did you do this for a to to punish us you know like it's so fun yeah it looks really good though yeah it looks super cool and basically mecha godzilla is just walking weapon so he has finger missiles he's got the eye laser uh, he's got a like a lightning beam like lightning bolts from his chest it's just really cool to see like how they use that whole suit. I think the the suit looks really cool. It's got all these rivets on it, and uh, the way that the uh, Mecha Godzilla moves is really stiff. Um, Teriyoshi Nakano said that they uh, used like um, you know Hakama, the like the long like kind of samurai pants. Um, he used yeah. Uh, the movement of people wearing long Hakama, which is like even longer ones that like drag on the ground. He used that movement as inspiration for Mechagodzilla's movement. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. So we, uh, we get to see our researchers a little bit. It's interesting. I wrote down my notes that the um, a lot of the like kind of hieroglyphs and stuff they have are it's it has this it's the same inspiration that a lot of the look for the ancient technology stuff in breath of the wild has oh, oh right so, yeah, dude so yeah. whenever i saw it i was like oh that's oh yeah that's obviously they both are pulling from the same source but it's just kind of cool to see that uh somewhere else so that like ancient japanese uh kind of look yeah i i love that and i mean i that's one of the reasons why i think this movie rises up for me compared to other movies from this era um uh, yeah, so uh, our crew, now they're all kind of splitting up. So um, Keisuke and Saiko are like on a boat with that Shisa doll. And then uh, Miyajima, the professor, and the other two, uh, his his daughter and Keisuke's brother, um, Masahiko, they end up exploring that limestone cave where they originally found a space titanium. And that leads mm. them to the alien's base. And yeah. um, but the issue here is that um, Mecha Godzilla was damaged 
after this encounter and they need somebody that knows what they're doing to fix him. So they use the professor's daughter and Masahiko as bait as like a hostage situation to force yeah, yeah. him to repair to like force his labor. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's cool. It's it's and they're the yeah, other we talk about before, but their lair is just it's like like if you just asked someone to just like, hey, what do you think of a, a, a sci-fi villain lair from the seventies looks like? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like um silver. Uh, the finale of Game of Death two. Yes, I was thinking. Oh, that totally, too. totally. Yeah, it's like that same vibe. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. right. And the the aliens, they're the black hole planet three aliens. So by yeah. now in the Godzilla films. We had the Exilians, which we haven't talked about these guys. Those are like kind of like aliens from the earlier films, and they are the ones that introduced King Ghidorah and stuff like that. Um, in uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon, the film before this, they weren't aliens. They were like the Seatopians, who were people that like were living under the Earth. And then in Godzilla vs. Gigan, ah, I forget the name of those aliens, but the thing about that was that those aliens were secretly like cockroaches, but like they took the form of humans. So when you would see the humans, they just look normal, but you'd see their shadow and it's like a big silhouette of a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. So what we find out about these guys um, is that they're like basically like Planet of the Apes looking dudes yeah yeah and yeah, um because whenever one of them gets uh injured later there's like this this funny like transformation kind of sequence where he he apes out yeah and... it's it's really great and um teriyoshi nakano in the commentary track that i was mentioning he said that the ape design would just it was just something that naturally occurred as they were um, it wasn't planned out. <laughs> it was it's like just the it, most what? natural thing in the world. <laughs> we were coming up with like the 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 basically the makeup, and they were like, "Oh, this is kind of looking like ape." So that's what they went with. So also, into the ape. Planet of the Apes was pretty popular too. So yeah, that's a thing. totally. Um, before we get back time. into like yeah the 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 black hole planet three aliens, there's a very strange scene that kind of pays off not until the end of the movie. Where Godzilla, after this fight, <laughs> you see him on like this island is like a monsoon. There's like rain, but then he starts to get struck by lightning, and I, I guess similar to like Kong in like Kong versus yeah, I was Godzilla. Say, now in, in King Kong versus Godzilla, the electricity was it deterred Godzilla, yeah. but now now the lightning is his friend. I also think it's really goofy seeing the scene, but it, it's kind of got cool energy to it, like. Seeing the rotoscope, it's kind of like Highlander-y. Yeah, and like. then they do this thing where there's like sparks flying off of his back, and there's kind of like a slow dramatic zoom into Godzilla. I don't know. I think I still think that looks kind of cool. <laughs> it really, this movie really is a whole lot of super talented people doing really goofy shit. Yeah, yeah. like on a low budget. You yeah know? on a low budget yeah, but right. but like almost everything is done very well it's just very silly yeah whenever it all comes together um our, our suspicious guy is making a play for that uh she saw doll uh statue again and uh this time it doesn't end up well for him um there's a huge like a rematch between him and keisuke and they end up uh 
revealing like they this dude's face he shoots him in the face yeah. and he's yeah, like this is when you see the yeah. weird like green yeah. like growths it looks like an eight outfit with like weird little like growths like yeah. tendril um, kind of things coming yeah, out of it horns or something but yeah. um yeah he he ends up taking the the statue but then he gets shot and falls off of the ship that they're on um and it seems like he was assisted you don't know who who did it you kind of know but um, <laughs> there's only really a, another one suspicious guy so it's got to be him but um the 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 statue was a decoy so uh they didn't lose the statue after all and um actually it's kind of cool because the the captain of the ship is uh uh Kenji Sahara from King Kong versus Godzilla so he gets kind of a a cameo here so you get cameos from i, I mean Akihiko the the professor he's he's more of a cameo but you get roles from all like the main three original king uh Godzilla films which is kind of fun and we find out that the 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 doll that went off the side with the mustache ape man uh was the fake yeah. and the the real one was was being hidden away yep so so it's all fine <laughs> yep and um the repairs on mecha godzilla are done now and the professor's like you know give me my daughter and he's like all right uh, follow me and of course he he turns on him and they're yeah. locked up <laughs> oh yeah what's the car that the dude drives in on. Oh, oh it had some I mean, GT. It's a, you want? I mean, we're talking cars because I'll tell you, it's a Skyline. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I, I feel like I've heard of it, but oh yeah, yeah. Skyline, cool. beautiful car. And I, this is like '70s cars too, which I'm more of like a mm-hmm. early '80s kind of guy. But uh, it's a beautiful car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because weird because like the front of it kind of looks like a. I don't know, it just has like that muscle car front. Yeah, it's got like the a back of it's like this interesting like kind of swoop down mm-hmm. into the, in the it, back of it. It's got like a it looks kind of like a GTO but like a ti- a small GTO like a Pontiac or like a mm-hmm. you know, yeah, definitely a muscle car but uh just real nice uh a late 70s or mid 70s car Japanese car design. Some really tasty <laughs> stuff. I mean I I was expecting to sidetrack you guys with robot stuff. I don't want to bring up car stuff too. <laughs> All right, we, we don't. Well, just it's it's just they show that car a lot in the mm-hmm. movie, so I feel like it was worth it's worth pointing out. Yeah, and there isn't a car chase in this. There's there's a really weird car chase in Godzilla versus Megalon, but not so here. But you still get some nice mm-hmm. cars. Um, yeah. you've got Keisuke um showing up at the the alien base. With what we find is that this other mysterious guy, he's an Interpol agent, and they're busting in now, and uh, they're trying to to get in. And we get to see the a little bit of the the guts of Mechagodzilla, yeah, uh, with yeah, Professor cool. kind of working on it. Uh, which I like that the lights are just flashing constantly inside of Mechagodzilla. <laughs> yeah, now we get to see him in the like in a hangar. Um, and and it is some really cool shots of like looking up at it and some it's okay the uh, composite super impo- compositing of of the people in front of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like their spaceman couch. I wrote a note about that. They're like everything is like the silver, and it's it's literally it's the SpongeBob joke of everything is chrome in the future. <laughs> but yeah, but their their couch matches too. It kind of looks like a like a. Like vents from like a HVAC system. And a, <laughs> yeah, totally. Right, right. Um, the the group's pretty much all reunited after this kind of dramatic escape. 
um they're mm-hmm. able to save the professor and his daughter and um uh, they all regroup, but then they immediately are like, "We got to break up again." <laughs> it, it's hilarious because like the professor and Nambara, the the Interpol agent, and um, uh, Keisuke's brother are like, "Yeah, we'll just go back," and then they get captured again. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, dude. But the um, Keisuke and Saiko um, make their way back to Okinawa because they want to use that statue, and um. Yeah, we're we're getting to the part where we're gonna be introduced to King Caesar now, and um, yeah, yeah, it, it it's really cool. I I like there's this whole like bit with the um the grandfather of uh, Nami the the temple uh, girl, and he, his whole take is like kind of like anti Japan almost thing because like they're like the indigenous people, and he's like. Try to conquer the Azumi tribe. You will be the instrument of our revenge. Oh, Godzilla! But at the same time, he's saying like King Caesar's the only one that can really mm-hmm. like save them all. So yeah. um, they they bring the statue back, but uh, the the aliens are waiting for them, and they almost get away with it. But we see another mysterious person show up and save them, and he's. Uh, Nambara, the Interpol agent's partner, who he's only in like a couple of scenes, so it's like they're yeah. He kind of <laughs> it, it almost feels like this was supposed to be the other Interpol agent, yeah. but they didn't realize that he was somewhere else, so they had just make another one for it, this scene. Exactly, I wrote I, I wrote that they kind of wrote themselves into a corner, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, just add another Interpol agent. <laughs> but yeah they they get there they fight off the the bad dudes and set up the statue right whenever the uh part of the prophecy was that the sun rises in the west and turns out that means it's like a mirage so they they set it up and it shines on the statue and that awakens king caesar hell yes which which also king caesar is funny because that's kind of like saying king king right and it's a interesting (laughs) thing too because in Japanese, it's it's Shisa, and it's playing on that Shisa statue. So in Okinawa, oh. yeah, there are these like little like ancient statues that are kind of based off of like like a Chinese lion in a way, and um, mm-hmm. that's why in in Japanese it's King Kingu Shisa. But when King they localize Shisa. it, they localize it to Caesar, King which Caesar. kind of it kind of works. But yeah, I, I think of the same thing. Yeah. He he looks really interesting. I I think it's kind of a really like ambitious design for for a new yeah, kaiju, yeah. especially around this mm-hmm. time. Um, I don't like his smile. He's yeah, because he's got that <laughs> kind of like uh, shisa lion, like Chinese mm-hmm. lion yeah. look. That that does that makes it make a lot more sense though. I I did think it was cool that it's more like it is more lion or almost dog like in the way that mm-hmm. it looks, which is neat. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm a dog person, so maybe this is I'm. Mister, yeah, it looks kind of like missile. Yeah, so. I'm kind of like falling into this movie because I like dogs. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, and I mean, even... then we get then we get a music video. <laughs> yeah, nice, dude. <laughs> be... Yeah, it's 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 great because it's like she needs she needs to sing this ancient ritualistic song, and it's the funkiest shit you've ever yeah. heard in your life. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's like wow. Nobody 
And this、um, uh, actress here,、um, I, I never really knew anything about her until I was listening to the, the commentary track. And actually, there's a couple of extra features. This is from like Japanese release of the film. But、um, the actress is actually, she's not Japanese at all. I believe she's Korean descent, but she was from Taiwan. And she was kind of、um, known for, for singing at this time. And、uh, all of the Japanese that she's speaking, she learned phonetically for the film. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> yeah, so that would be also the, the song itself. And Jun Fukuda, the director, wrote the lyrics for that song. Yeah, and it's, it is literally just singing about King Caesar awakening from the rocks. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that if you listen to like, the soundtrack version, it's kind of a slower tempo than what we see in the film. But I kind of like the, the more up tempo version that, that you see here.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, King Caesar's just chilling in this mountain. He's like hiding. <laughs> He's like the monkey king. He's、yeah. inside of a rock. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. And、um, the <laughs> other thing that's kind of cool is that the, the Shisa statue had like these kind of red eyes, and that's what kind of casts to the mountain and、um, exposes King Caesar. And、uh, the, the kaiju suit itself has like these red eyes, and those are actually like repurposed taillights from cars. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Mecha Godzilla, also, the, the orange、uh, eyes of Mecha Godzilla are from like a vehicle, which is pretty fun. I'm watching it now, and King Caesar's his whole look is just, it's just, it's, <laughs>、yeah. it's fun. Yeah. And yeah. I like his, how his ears like can like flop straight up. And, oh, yeah. It's, he does yeah. feel like he could, like, I don't know, he could teleport into the. Never ending story or something. Oh, yeah. Some Falcor. <laughs> a little、energy. bit, yeah. I love that. A little, little Falcor ish.、Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, some, some, I, I love Falcor a lot. I think because of Missile, also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always loved Falcor, but having Missile is like kind of extra cherry on top, right? <laughs> um,、uh, the, the score for the fight between、uh, Mecha Godzilla and King Caesar is kind of cool, too. It's kind of like this, yeah, I don't know, mysterious kind of. I don't know, drum, drum kind of situation.、Um, I guess almost like a tribal thing too, but there's like kind of like dark energy to that track that I really、uh, think is cool and it kind of adds a little flavor to this ancient、mm-hmm. creature that's been awakened.、Um, he's he's also. King Caesar gets, he kind of gets his butt kicked yeah, he, <laughs> to he, start with. He has an interesting ability where like he can redirect like a, a beam that shot at him, which you would think kind of would put him over the top, but. Yeah, Mecha Godzilla don't play around, man. He's all、mm-hmm. business. He's shooting his finger missiles. He's shooting his like,、uh, chest lightning bolt thingy. He like, slices a, a mountain in half, which is pretty great. <laughs> It's funny how, watching a lot of,、uh, obviously, Hong Kong movies too, but especially Japanese movies from the 70s, and being like, This is so video gamey. Yeah. <laughs> like、right. people having special abilities, having to like, they basically use the statue on the shrine to、mm-hmm. awaken the thing. And it's, it's just, it's, it's so interesting seeing how like、uh, all of those early game designers probably watched movies like this all the time and, and pulled from all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I love this stuff. And then, yeah, we get the very, A video game y development of Godzilla at the end of this fight, too. Yeah, it's true. He, he went and did some grinding, and now he's, he's high enough level to fight Mecha Godzilla. Yep. Yeah, Godzilla enters the fight here, and、uh, 
it's it's wild stuff it's it's definitely like of a wrestling like kind of mindset and uh, godzilla has these kind of very fun like gestures and stuff and <laughs> um yeah but i i i, I don't know i i eat it up it's, it's pretty fun mm-hmm. um while while they're yeah, fighting they're also kind of like there's the kind of suspense of the professor being chained up and they're trying to sneakily like break free and they, they kind of play that for too long but it kind of <laughs> culminates like right yeah. at the same time as the fight culminates mecha godzilla also has like this barrier ability and uh that kind of looks fun how they animate that effect and godzilla kind of like bears the brunt of it and yeah i don't know my one of my favorite shots is Whenever King Caesar and Godzilla are teaming up on Mecha Godzilla, and Mecha Godzilla just spins his head around mm-hmm. and like shoots a laser at King Caesar while also shooting the finger missiles at Godzilla, it's a it's it's just it's 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 framed really well where like he's in the dead center and then there's they're they're definitely using that that Toho scope that is right to the extreme sides. Um, yeah, and uh. Teriyoshi Nakano in that commentary he comments a, a bunch of times on how enjoyable it was to be to be using the Toho scope like he's, he mentions how the beams have like this horizontal effect and it works really well for the format and um, it was kind of cool hearing him uh, comment on the, the, the format of the film a lot. Yeah, so Mechagodzilla does this thing too where he just like lets everything loose and it's like there's smoke and sparks and everything and um, he's really handling these guys. But um, (laughs) yeah, Godzilla realizes, oh yeah, remember when I got struck by lightning? Oh, now I have <laughs> magnetic powers. <laughs> oh, it's so goofy. <laughs> that that was one that was one scene that actually made me start cackling. Yeah. Um cuz Godzilla also uh, Godzilla gets like covered in blood and stuff. It's pretty like it's pretty brutal. Yeah, he gets but then, stabbed with all those he, finger missiles. Yeah, he gets stabbed with all these little knife these like finger knife things but then he uses magnet powers to like shoot them out <laughs> and then attracts he attracts like uh power lines and there's a great shot of Megazilla trying to fly away and getting pulled into godzilla oh, yeah, it's very silly it's very silly it is really silly but damn i love this shit sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. and i wrote i wrote in my in my notes is is uh is godzilla about to do an spt because <laughs> oh, it man. definitely looks like he's about to throw him up in the air and do a spinning pile driver right into the ground yeah i would but. i would die um in uh godzilla <laughs> versus uh, uh megalon that's some straight up like tag team wrestling stuff because you've got mm-hmm. what you end up having is megalon and gigan versus godzilla and jet jaguar who's like this kind of ultraman analog and there you have instances where one, you know one's holding the other and uh, you know all these tag team antics and uh this uh fight the finale of this fight kind of calls to that where um godzilla's magnetized mecha godzilla to himself and king caesar is just kind of helping smash him up and uh, godzilla gets to the point where he's wrenching mecha godzilla's head and he rips his head off and then um that's that's the end of uh, Mecha Godzilla in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but li- li- the literally the next movie has Mecha Godzilla too, right? Yeah. So uh, this movie um, 
I guess similar in a way to like what Destroy All Monsters was. This wasn't planned to be any type of finale, but it was successful enough that they wanted to follow this movie up with another Mechagodzilla film. And that's Terror of Mechagodzilla. And it's actually the last film in the Showa era, but it's also directed by Ishiro Honda. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it is a really interesting, um, film it is it's definitely in line with what we see here but there's a lot of these kind of tragic character moments or like kind of human or cyborg <laughs> drama in in the movie and uh i think that um it's i i was really flipping back and forth on what i wanted to do for this last because we're leaving the showa era with this episode and um uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla is is really cool in its own way too. I used to not like it as much, but after revisiting it within the last, I don't know, maybe five or six years, um, I I really do appreciate it a lot more, and I think it's 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 pretty cool. And I watched it again uh, recently while in preparation for this episode. Nice. Yeah, it's it's good times. And uh, I I guess I mentioned it, but mostly all of these are on Max, whatever that is now. Um, there's oh, yeah. also the formerly HBO Max, but yeah. yeah. Um, there's also the uh, Criterion set, which is all the Showa films, and I think it's really great if you're a fan of Godzilla, especially of this era. Um, it does come in like a gigantic booklet format. <coughs> That's the only way you can get it. But um, uh, there's some really cool bonus features and stuff in it too. Um, but yeah, that's basically the end, the end of this film. So Mechagodzilla explodes and also like the base of the, uh, the aliens also explodes. And, um, it's, it's interesting because they, the guys escape, but you actually don't see some of them at the end. It's like, um, (laughs) like (laughs) Nambara, the, the, the Interpol agent. He he uses that pipe that you guys were that we mentioned earlier, and then there's like a crossfire, and there's a pretty violent death. To uh, that's the, that's a pretty cool shot where the 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 main guy gets shot like in the throat, yeah. and he has this black blood that shoots out like a like a like a samurai movie. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, that's a good comparison. So um, they they escape quote unquote, but you don't see Nambara or the professor at the end of the movie. You just see mm-hmm. uh, Masahiko, <laughs> which is like, oh, wait, what what happened? <laughs> but that's uh, that's the end of it. We get to see uh, this is our, the first one that we've seen where we get to see Godzilla returning into the water, the mm. classic. And <laughs> we never get to see what happened to uh, Angrias. Yeah, so, poor guy. Oh. He'll be back oh. to get beat up again. Yeah, he yeah, does. He, he's he's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's Godzilla vs. Meg Godzilla. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's very silly. Yep. Um, but again, like we said, it is it is only eighty four minutes, and it is it really does feel like it's actually shorter than that, and they had to make it make it reach feature length. Yeah, this is also a thing where um, I mentioned last episode where they would cut these films to fit a double feature format called the Tohyo Champion Festival. And these are basically like kids double features or multiple features where they would pair a Godzilla film up with a cartoon or something like that. So um, I I guess that's that's one of the driving forces behind um, decisions like that. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, not not much longer because uh, after uh, Terror of Mecha Godzilla, which I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's a cool movie, but it did really bad. Like it, I think people just weren't weren't feeling it anymore, and uh, the market was changing. Television was a much more popular format, and um, they were kind of just um, scraping to 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 get these movies out. So after after Terror of Mecha Godzilla, we would get another gap without some Godzilla uh films. So um yeah, we'll we'll be talking about that more next episode. Yeah, yeah. Do we have any final thoughts on this one though before we close it up? I mean <laughs> No Yeah, no, I I'm just I'm so glad you you brought it to us because okay. I think it's like it's so important to get this flavor and yeah. like you said at the top, Matthew, it's like this gets kind of like right into the bullseye of what I think a lot of us imagine when we like squint our eyes and like try to picture Godzilla. Um, and when you see it parodied and stuff, just so it's just so fun. Yeah. You'll, you'll like when you see Godzilla parodied, I think these are like the ideas that they pull from when they, when they kind of aim for a parody of Godzilla. Well, that is going to be it for today, but thank you so much for listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on, like Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Here is the Number 3 Podcast on all three of them. And if you have a beloved childhood memory of Godzilla, please shoot us an email at heroesthenumber3podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and I think like uh mst 3k like those memories are valid too like oh yeah 100 percent. the two godzilla films they did were godzilla versus the sea monster ebira which i mentioned and uh godzilla versus megalon and godzilla versus megalon has so much riffing worthy material that's like the (laughs) godzilla sliding across the ground like doing like like the kick and um jet jaguar being this kind of goofy ultraman like absurdity that just kind of does whatever it needs to he grows just because he decides he needs to grow and he it's just wild but um that and actually that that whole like the story of how jet jaguar became a thing is pretty entertaining too but yeah if you if you if your first godzilla film was watching mystery science theater i think that's awesome too It it um obviously it's not a Godzilla thing, but they're the the Gamera episode of uh, MS Two Three is like an all timer. Yeah, so. oh, yeah, dude, totally. And Gamera was another reason why Godzilla kind of took a turn to be more kid friendly thing because Gamera became popular and that was like the Gamera's rival. a friend of children. <laughs> yep. So um that was one of the the reasons why they pivoted as well. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we gonna pivot to next week, Carlos? What's our what's our training? Okay, yeah, so um, we're moving away from the Showa era, and uh, I've been really thinking about this a lot, trying to figure out which Heisei era, which is the next era following uh, Godzilla film to cover, and I think the safest bet is to just do... Okay, so I've been thinking about this a lot, and we're moving away from the Showa era Godzilla films, and now we're moving into the Heisei era. So originally I was thinking of maybe us doing Return of Godzilla, uh, Godzilla 1984. And um, it's really cool to see what the new era of Godzilla is like. But I, I really wanted to focus on the things that I like about this era. And um, when I think of that, I think of uh, Godzilla versus Biolanti. So this is from 1989. 
It's directed by Kazuki Omori. Uh, we still have Tomoyuki Tanaka as a producer in uh, even into this era. But um, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the Heisei era actually starts in 89. So even though Return of Godzilla is like Showa, like by year, it's kind of included into the Heisei era. But we're going to be talking about some big old plant monsters with Godzilla versus Biolanti. Can't wait to talk about it. Dude, that'll be a blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, until next week, where we're taking a look at Godzilla versus Biolanti. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.